0: Eleven taunting calls the first two weeks of the season matches the season total for last year at eleven. Guys, wake the fuck That's up, bananas. NFL. Stop That's it. bananas. Stop it. Listen, yeah. some of these calls Jeez. are so insane. And and I, I you know, I, Pete Carroll said it best. These guys are working their ass off, especially the defenders. They they get like ten chances to celebrate for how many reps they get per season. Let them just celebrate a little bit. It's one thing to mock an opponent, and get in his face, but when you're reacting. Sure. Like with emotion, and and you might you might direct it at the player you made a play on. Keep the flags in the pocket, refs. Stop it. We're
1: not talking about uh,
0: spiking footballs off a guy's helmets here. We're talking about
1: just a little jaw and back and forth after a big gain or something like that. That's been going on for like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? uh,
2: Someone got it for spinning the ball on the ground. It wasn't even directed towards anybody. I mean, that's just a natural celebratory reaction. Even Bill Belichick, when he had that documentary crew follow him around when they're in the team meeting, he's yelling at his players on defense like, hey, so-and-so just made a tackle. I want all of you going to him and and congratulating him you should celebrate when you do good things on the football field because you're trying so hard to get there. If Belichick's for it then I think the NFL should be Absolutely. for it but that's just me.
3: Who you on? Always on black. In the pocket. Squad. Send bookie tell him bring it from the bag. C to the G, West Coast game.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, the only gambling show that makes you money, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And when I say in the intro that we're the only gambling show that makes you money, I mean it, because this show went 15 and 6. Ooh. In week two of the NFL season. Fifteen yeah, and six. Each one of these gamblers you could have tied a bow to and won money with them. We were three uh two and one on Thursday night football. We were three and zero oh on Sunday night football. Al Michaels is calling us for the leans. <laughs> Fifteen and six in week two. We are a profitable show, the only gambling show that makes you money. And while we might not be making these gambles today, today's more of a recap, today's more of an entertainment show. You better be coming back to listen on Thursday because we are going back to the well. Each of these hosts are going to be breaking down Wednesday, uh, uh, week three of the NFL slate and giving you bets that are going to be winners. Am I right, boys, or am I right? Guys, awesome job. Hey, collectively, look. Hey, a little golf clap for the team. A
0: little golf crap for the team. Good job, boys. Well, well 15 and 6. Well Hard done.
1: to argue with the numbers, fellas. Hard to argue with the numbers and, and the success. We did an excellent job this week. Lots of green on my show notes as I'm going down my bed slip, highlighting everything we hit. Makes us uh, Makes us look good and our listeners get to eat, too. Right? So everybody wins.
2: I made so much money I could finally get a haircut, Dangle.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Tony, I'm mean, going to tell you, it, it looks great. It really
0: does. It looks great.
2: I was Thanks, disappointed
1: man. to see that uh, Aaron didn't also get a haircut with you uh, uh, when we saw him on, on uh, Monday Night Football this past week. He still seems to be rocking the uh, the Hawaii Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller hair. Uh, Summer Aaron don't care, and apparently the Packers don't care what I think either. But uh, uh, you guys didn't coordinate your haircuts. You didn't link up and, and decide to get to get you know your fades at the same place at
2: the same time let, let me tell you we're both feeling pretty good tuesday morning
0: yeah but Dang's, <laughs> hey like, i think the hair let, let's give rogers a little shout out with that cover my son colt who's less than three months old is now seven and three in the circuit contest it's his, picks. it's his picks you know people think i'm behind it you know i might give him some advice but i'm the dad that i'm gonna let my son do what he does so he's less than three months old he's seven and three hitting 70 percent in circa colt man He's killing
1: it. Not without a little bit of a sweat though there from the Detroit Absolutely. Lions at the very end pushing oh it. God. I was enjoying watching Pat McAfee sweating his own spread on the oh. Manning cast. He clearly took uh, took the Lions at 11 and a half, and they, they were threatening that with that, that potential yeah. last touchdown there. But the Lions did exactly what you'd expect them to do and fortunately for betters the spread hit. Now
2: uh, as you can see Drew is not in his normal recording location. He is actually in the heart of all sports gambling, Las Vegas. And Drew you gave us a little bit of insight on this but I want you to open up the world to the gamblers out there everywhere. Some of those states that have legalized gambling and still the dream is to go to Vegas to play some bets in the sports gambling world. Drew, tell us why you think uh, it's not as all golden as it used to be out there. Guys, I hate
0: to say it, but I believe, drumroll please, the dream is dead. It's so wow. bizarre. No, I mean, say this, it ain't I, so. I, 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 I'm in an undisposed location uh, and, it, and, and it rhymes with, uh match regus, okay? Uh and I am in the desert. I have mountains behind me. Um, you know, got a call and said, hey, I'll be there, but it's so weird, boys. I like, go down the sports book. And I like I said in our text but there's nothing like just throwing cold hard cash to that ticket counter and getting that ticket. Yeah. Ticket cost, you know, blank to win blank. I love that feeling. But I, I I'll admit, I mean, the variety here is scarce and these numbers they're good. I mean, you can get better numbers, shop online. Um, I will say I was lucky enough to be profitable tonight uh by taking uh Mr. Uh the over as as the king of the coast, uh my my best total and a TJ Hawkinson prop. I did I did ride Aaron Rodgers over, which did miss, but um it's just it's just a different feel, guys. I mean, I'm I'm telling you what, being in Michigan, having the online betting completely legalized, and it's just it's just incredible. I
2: mean, it, I mean again.
0: The excitement's still there, but the actual... I guess
2: when you when you can do it from your couch, it's it, yes, so yes, the glamour is a little it, bit it, gone.
0: The, the, exactly. Do you think
1: maybe the fact that you're not finding as good numbers in Vegas as you used to, and obviously there's no point of comparison from earlier, but I wonder if it has something to do with like it's a tax on the experience. They're probably trying to make money off of people who don't know any better, a because they're in Vegas, and why the hell not? I'm just going to throw some money down at the sports book. But I also wonder if if they, you know, Vegas knows about. I mean, in a lot of these sports books, I guess have online ventures too. But I wonder if they're. Th- sort of thinking we're going to put a tax on the actual experience of betting in person at the sports book in Vegas. I don't know. I don't know if that's the feeling you get.
2: Me and Dangles are just jealous because we're out here just waiting, waiting with bated breath. Because again, this show went 15 and 6 in week two on Sunday. 15 and 6. And Dangles and I, well, we made money, but legally we aren't allowed to do that in the state that we live in. And it's eh, just a little bit annoying. Just a tiny, teensy, tiny, teeny, tiny little bit annoying. Again, our Thursday show is going to be where we'll be making all of our picks the Thursday night lean, the Sunday night lock, the King of the Coast, which, by the way, Drew, congratulations, you are this week's winner in King of the Coast. You went 4 and 1, and you came. King of the coast picks accumulated seven points dangles. You were second place. You got six points back up that Brinks truck. You hit that bet and you were the only one out of this crew to hit the Brinks truck bet this week. You also started one and four and built your way back up. My man, hell of a ride. You're on the winning track. We got to
1: get back up. You got to get back up when you fall down.
2: You got to get back up. I had a winning record as well. Only accumulated five points to the game that we're playing, but we killed it in Thursday night. Me and Dangles still undefeated on Thursday night. All of us killed the Sunday night bets. We're having fun here, boys. I'm and, very excited. Very excited. Quietly,
0: guys, I think you guys might be our, our resident prop specialists. You guys are are, are finding <laughs> props on the on the primetime games and exposing them. So I'm happy to see that. And while I was uh trying to find the word convenience, Tony, while my microphone came unplugged, as we are in a live show at an undisclosed location, I was gonna say that's yes, variety dangles and convenience. When you have an online shop and you have multiple books, it's just different. But I will say Cashing those tickets tonight. There's nothing like getting that cash back, baby. It's
2: the best. So today's show, we are going to have the Dr. Dangles segment coming up where me and Drew, uh, we have some ailments that only Dr. Dangles can heal. We do have a lovely guest coming on the show. Back, back from our MFK divisional previews. Mr. Fernando Ramirez is gonna be here to talk about that Chargers Cowboys game. That was just from the second quarter on, absolute chaos when it came to the referees and oh. interesting calls. Mike McCarthy I'm just so happy he's not in Green Bay anymore.
0: What is he and doing then well?
2: we're going to end the show with everybody's favorite segment. That is the gravestones game where each of us kill a team saying they won't make the playoffs this season. But yeah, I, we, we, we already talked to Fernando uh, doing the show a little bit out of order today. So I do want to say, we didn't get to talk about McCarthy's just idiotic play calls near the end there. Drew, you weren't with us when we interviewed Fernando, but what's your take on how McCarthy almost really threw that game away, making his kicker take a 56 yarder when he had plenty of time to advance the ball more.
0: Truly unbelievable. Tony. I mean, like it wasn't even like the results is the fact that he had some kind of like excuse, like the play clock went out and Kellen Moore was blocked by a camera guy. Like what in God's name? And I forget who said, it. maybe Ryan Clark and ESPN. If you watched Greg Zerline kick last week, you would damn well know uh, 56 yard field goal is not in field goal range for him. Now he made it and he bailed McCarthy out. We know we know he's Greg the leg. We know he has the distance, but clearly this guy isn't Justin Tucker right now, dudes. Like, what is he doing? So, the fact that McCarthy got bailed out, and uh, I reluctantly did take the Chargers at a good number in a contest, I was very upset with that. And I and, I, and I'll say without hearing Fernando speak, which I'm very excited to, I, I gotta say, guys, I'm not to take anything from the Cowboys, but that was kind of same old Chargers for me. I mean, turnovers in the red zone. It's like how how did they let that game slip away? I was a little alarmed yeah. that they could not close that game out, and uh, I was I was quick to say the Chargers are a different team after week one, but. After week two, my God, that just that had Anthony Lynn era written all over it, didn't it?
2: It really did, and uh, I mean, big matchup coming up this week: Chargers and Chiefs. Both of these teams, mm. one and one. We dive into it with Fernando about how this is a big time week three matchup coming yeah. in. Can't wait to see it. But uh, Dangles. Uh, news just came in. Zach Wilson just threw another interception to <laughs> your New England defense.
1: <laughs> they got him a lot this past week, making my uh, season-long over for J.C. Jackson on interceptions looking very good. <laughs> nice job, guys. there in that in that game on on Sunday, 25 to six was was that final. And look again, you know, I liked the. Uh, they brought a lot of pressure against him. The Dolphins brought a lot of pressure against Mac, and the Jets brought a lot of pressure against him as well. And he's he's showed poise. But I'm guys, I'm a little bit. It's not panic meter time yet. But I'm a little concerned. about— about how reluctant tentative they seem to move the ball down the field Mac not taking a lot of shots down the field maybe it's because he doesn't feel like he has the guys but but I don't know here one thing I did love and I will say that that made my heart so happy was on that touchdown run by Damian Harris, where Mac comes flying in from 20 yards down the field to push the pile over the end zone. That was exactly what you want to see out of your rookie quarterback. Belichick loves that kind of hustle. Um, But yeah, no, uh, tough tough game for Zach Wilson, and it doesn't get any easier next week when they fly west to go to Denver and take on a very formidable uh, uh, Denver Broncos defense. And Tony, you mentioned the refereeing, the play calls, and I know that I've been Noticing on, on on Twitter over the last couple of days and in other social media circles, a lot of uh, a lot of vitriol going towards the NFL for the way that referees are calling taunting this year, and they're a yeah. lot more they're a lot more picky about it. Keenan Allen got called for it in that in that Charger game on an early drive. There were a number of calls this weekend where I feel like I found myself going. Really? Like, I have a take on you it. Know, it's already been the no fun league. I'm sure you do. It's already – we know this is the no fun league <laughs> to begin with. But,
0: like, I don't know. It's, it seems like we're getting a little bit excessive here.
2: In case you wonder, drew us something to say <laughs> on it. Yeah, uh,
0: 11 taunting calls the first two weeks of the season matches. The season total for last year at 11. Guys, wake the fuck That's up, NFL. Stop That's it. That's bananas. Stop it. Listen, yeah. some of these calls Jeez. are so insane. And, and I, I you know, I, Pete Carroll said it best. These guys are working their ass off, especially the defenders. They, they get like 10 chances to celebrate for how many reps they get per season. Let them just celebrate a little bit. It's one thing to mock an opponent, get in his face. But when you're reacting sure. like with emotion but- and, and you might, you might direct it at the player you made a play on. Keep the flags in the pocket refs. Stop it. We're not talking about uh, spiking footballs off a guy's helmets here.
1: We're talking about just a little jaw jaw and back and forth after a big gain or something like that. That's been going on for like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? uh,
2: Someone got it for spinning the ball on the ground. It wasn't even directed towards anybody. I mean, that's just a natural celebratory reaction. Even Bill Belichick, when he had that documentary crew follow him around when they're in the team meeting, he's yelling at his players on defense, like, hey, so-and-so just made a tackle. I want all of you going to him and and congratulating him. You should celebrate when you do good things on the football field because you're trying so hard to get there. If Belichick's for it, then I think the NFL should be Absolutely. for it, but that's just me. Uh, I will say, Dangles, I'm very happy like I and, and, and surprised that you are that direct with your criticisms of the New England offense. I thought it would be all hunky-dory with New England here because you're correct. Mac Jones is doing oh, well. Yeah. He's still making some rookie mistakes, but there are plays down the field that he is not going after. Yeah. But then again, Zach Wilson, Robert Sala comes out and says, we need Zach Wilson to accept being boring on the football field. And Mac Jones is absolutely okay being boring out there. Even on the trick play where they had, I think they gave it to James White, then James White throws it back to Mac Jones. He threw the 10-yard out route on that. Granted, wide open first down. But if you look at the game tape, Nelson Aguilar is open in the end zone. And that trick plays run to get a big play out of it, not the easy 10-yard out route. So I'm interested to see when they don't get four interceptions on the opposing quarterback. If Mac Jones can keep the team in these games, because eventually he's going to have to take chances down the field.
1: Absolutely, they're not going to just be able to run. It's because it's been very formulaic as I'm watching it. It's a run, you know. They pass. They do pass on first down a little bit, but they they start off, you know, it's run first down, run second down, and then a pass on third and short, and then it's 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 kind of the same thing over and over again. So I'm hoping that they'll maybe open up the playbook as he gets a little bit more comfortable. But you're absolutely right. He is tentative to take these shots downfield, and they're not going to be able to do that all season long. They go up against the Saints next week. Who uh, obviously laid an egg against the Panthers this past weekend, but we've seen that they can put up a bunch of uh, a bunch of points when they uh, when they need
2: to. See, I, I really wish. I mean, we're still. I think that this defense show. is going
1: to make. I think our defense is going to make Jameis Winston look look like a a, a complete but and total fool, and he's going to throw maybe five picks if Zach Wilson we're still, threw
2: four. You know, we're in the COVID era now with this show where we're doing it on Zoom and we're all in our own separate places. Drew's off in Vegas, but we used to be in a studio. We Used to be in the, you know be able to touch each other, talk to each other. We we also had a soundboard that we could use, and my God, do I miss that day, because this is the week where we get to bring back R.I.P. up in the heavens, Danny Green, and he gets to say we they were who we yeah. thought they were, because the New Orleans Saints were who we thought they were, and there were some other teams that showed their true colors this week after surprising us in week one. New Orleans stinks. And I don't know what happened in that 38-3 to game Payton against even Green Bay. Sean admitted
0: that they stink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they stink. Drew, what do you hey, think about that guys, New Orleans-Carolina listen, game? Listen,
0: In this show, we're always trying to – literally, we're always trying to learn, put it in our memory bank, and, and adjust for future, for the year, to be more profitable, right? Is it any yeah. coincidence – is it any coincidence Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Jame, and all, all those guys, what do those guys have in common? They're all – by definition, mid-tier quarterbacks, right? As underdogs, one and zero covering the spread. As favorites, zero and one covering the spread. I think the lesson here is simple: fade those guys when they're favored, and back them when they're underdogs. Because I just cannot get over the difference in Tannehill and Cousins. I mean. Guys, the worst pick I had in the contest by far, cousins. The well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about Kirk Cousins. I, I'll talk about I'll talk about that later with Dr. Dangle. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tony, your darling, that offense is abysmal. They might be the worst offense well, in the league, and they are they're It's not. It's not going to get. It's not going to get better soon for them if they don't. I mean, Big
2: Ben just he looks done. He just looks done. I'm sorry. They can't move I, the ball. I, I don't agree that he looks done. I do agree that offense is in trouble. That O-line gives them zero time to get anything going, and especially in the running game. Najee Harris barely found any ability to find holes in that, and I don't think it's Najee Harris's fault. Jonathan Abram, the Raiders' uh, safety there, was just coming through and salmoning people all over the place. But there's players on that Pittsburgh team that are making moves. Juju that's has a been hard on fire. The, oh, yeah, it's a Hard Knocks <laughs> I reference. I, I bring so. it back here. Yeah, that's Juju, a throwback. Juju has been on fire and playing really hard. Claypool and Deontay Johnson are aggressive, and I think Ben is making just enough plays to make it happen here. We see Aaron Rodgers missing throws on Monday night as well. But I think Big Ben can do enough. It's just that that offensive line's killing it. What kills me, though, obviously T.J. Watt coming out of that game was a big change in that game, but that defense... They, they had so much success against Buffalo because they were able to get pressure with only four rushers and everybody else backing off. But they like to disguise who's rushing out of that four. It's not always the four down linemen. And then sometimes you're getting these DNs, these big heavy guys, now back in coverage. And the Raiders, if you watch that game back, were attacking anytime that happened. Whether it was a Melvin Ingram or a TJ Watt backing up into coverage, that is not their safety zone. And that's where the Raiders were making big chunk plays to like Foster Moreau of all people on a back route touchdown. That is off of a guy who should be rushing the ball and not in defense. So I'm a little bit worried that that defensive scheme is getting figured out by teams, especially teams with good offenses. But uh, you're right, Drew. Bad pick to take Pittsburgh minus five and a half.
0: It's so like you don't learn from the fucking playoffs. I took him in the playoffs last year against the Browns. Not great. Not great. Can we talk about David Culley? Uh, this was featured on a rival podcast. You might have heard of it. Pardon my take. Um, they don't really quite have the fouling we do yet, but we, we're hoping for those guys. But did you, did you hear that David, David Culley for the Texans uh, on third and 17. uh, He, he got, they had a 15 yard penalty to make it fourth and two. um, And they declined,
2: they declined the penalty
0: (laughs) to, to punt. Uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. They accepted the penalty
2: (laughs) to punt two and oh against the 2-0. spread. Absolutely. You're Absolutely. Houston Texans. Absolutely. Making me money. Now led money. by David Mills. Now Tony. led by yeah. David, uh, Davis Mills. Yeah. By Davis <laughs> I Mills. will not be betting on, they'll not be betting on Davis no, Mills anymore. Meanwhile, uh, for <laughs> mean- Tyrod Taylor but hold on Ty I to, get to the thing we had this segment about okay, okay? we were talking about teams that we are who we thought they were I want to do an MFK of teams that still are surprising to me because there's a handful of 2-0 teams teams like the Rams those teams we expected to be 2-0 but there are four teams that are surprises here with an undefeated record, record two weeks into the season so very quickly I want to see who you guys think are for real these four teams I want to marry fuck kill these four surprise two teams two of them are in the AFC West the Denver Broncos and those Las Vegas Raiders the other one is those Carolina Panthers led by a very scary defense in Sam Darnold Sam, Sam Darnold Darnold is undefeated, and the last one is the team that Drew picked over and over again. It was his Brinks truck pick before the season to take the under on this team, the Arizona Cardinals, led by Kyla Murray, two and O. So please, I'm gonna go to Dr. Dangle's first here. Mary Fuck Kill Carolina, Arizona, Denver. Las Vegas.
1: Uh, I think I'm gonna marry the Arizona Cardinals. I love them right now. Wow. They're just, I mean, that Kyler Murray is playing out of his mind. The defense is very good there. I, I mean, I, let, let me see. It came close, right? It came close this past week. Minnesota had to miss a field goal for them to win that game. It came down to the very end, sure. But uh, I, I, I'm liking this Arizona team. I'm liking what I'm, uh, what I'm seeing out of their offense. And again, yeah, their defense is nuts. I'm, I'm going with Arizona. I'm fucking the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They are so much fun to watch, and their schedule is not that demanding down the road. Honestly, the toughest part of it is having to play the Buccaneers down the stretch, the end stretch of the season twice. Um, The rest of it is is fairly manageable with a couple of hurdles along the way. And, guys, I think I'm going to kill the Raiders. I just – I don't know. I cannot get behind John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And I just don't think that that, – I don't think that whatever they're doing is sustainable there. Um, That offense, though, is – it's firepower it's great right now sure yeah absolutely but eventually they're
2: gonna i mean they're they're gonna run into an issue right shape for the sharp where are you going with this mfk of surprise teams here
0: you know i'm gonna i'm gonna actually mirror dangles in two of his picks uh i'll just i'll just start i know it's mfk but i'm gonna start out who am i sleeping with in the biblical sense making relations with (laughs) and it's absolutely gonna be the carolina panthers and how can you not tony you're the one i believe said like I mean, this Darnold thing is interesting without Gace. And I think I think our boy Hitman had a tweet was like, if Darnold keeps this up, which I'm not a believer yet, Hitman isn't either. But I mean, if he really keeps this up, Adam Gaze literally should not be able to he shouldn't coach rocket football. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but I'm very intrigued by rule by that defense. So I'm absolutely gonna sleep with them. Um and I'm with Dangles here. I'm gonna kill the Raiders because we've seen this before. Mm. We've seen them start, we've seen them start hot. We've seen this offense be explosive. Yeah. Teams figure it out. And I don't think Gruden has the 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 brain capacity to adjust in midseason. I really don't. I really don't. And so I mean, listen, carr Austin. been awesome. I mean, you could argue he's a top five MVP candidate after week two, but really, besides the deep all the rugs and the monster that is Darren Waller, like their running game doesn't really do anything for me. Their defense is shoddy, their offensive line's got question marks. So we've seen this before the Raiders. I am absolutely gonna kill them. I'm actually not going to speak on my dreaded team, the Arizona Cardinals, because I'm very angry with them. Um, so I'm just going to put <laughs> them away. And again, I, I'm timing a lot, guys. I'm 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 with him. I'm in it for the long haul. The Denver Broncos, man. I think this is a playoff. There's a playoff team. It's a 10 win team all day long. I'm very excited about my season win total. I don't think Teddy Teddy covers is going to do anything crazy. But here's the thing about Denver. I really think they're in a position now. They're going to win games they're supposed to win. They're not going to beat themselves. I don't think you're going to see them, you know, pull off any crazy. Uh, blowouts, or upsets. I think they're a tough team to gamble on all year as a favorite. I think you'd take them as a dog all day, but I really think this is a 10 win team. Um, I think, mm-hmm. the, I, I, I think they will be built as the season goes on with that home field advantage in Denver, the altitude, potentially some weather. Um, I like the Denver team. So Mary Denver, Uh, fuck the Carolina Panthers, and I will kill the Raiders.
2: Yeah, again, sorry, Mrs. Crookson, for the swearing, but let me give you the correct answer to this question because I would love to marry Denver and the Raiders, but they're in a division with the Chargers and the Chiefs, and I think those are four really good teams. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals are also in a very, very good division, but those Carolina Panthers, I mean, you got Tampa Bay, but Atlanta and New Orleans are going to be doormats to the Carolina Panthers. I'm marrying this Carolina Panther team. I love that defense over there. Derek Brown is an amazing D-tackle, just destroying the middle of the field. And they have J.C. Horn on the outside, Jeremy Chin in the, as a safety. They have guys all over the place making plays on defense. And then on the offensive side, yeah, Christian McCaffrey helps when you have him healthy and running. The offensive line is good, but Sam Darnold and that litany of weapons is actually making progress under this Joe Brady offense. I love watching this whole team play, and I really think Carolina – could could beat up on Tampa Bay when they play each other, but I think Carolina is that 10-win team we're talking about. Carolina, to me, has been the most impressive team so far this season. Now, they haven't beaten anybody of note, really. I don't think New Orleans is very good, but just seeing them play and seeing the, the blue-chip players they have on the field, I'm excited to watch this team play against contenders, and we'll be seeing that in the next few weeks of the season. Carolina is the marry to take. I'm picking between Denver and the Raiders to fuck, and I got to go with the Raiders just because I believe in Derek Carr wow. more than I believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I understand how much I hated the Raiders going into this season. I took the under on them as well. That offense is just clicking on, on in ways I didn't think was possible before. And the O-line is healthy, and the running backs, even without Josh Jacobs, they're doing what they need to do. And K- Derek Carr, I, he can't be beaten right now. He is throwing the ball as good as anybody out there. And they beat... A Baltimore defense, yes, that was an injured Baltimore defense, but still an always good defense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who shut out Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills the week before. I think Derek Carr can produce. I think Derek Carr is a winner. I'm fucking Derek Carr. The Cardinals is who I'm killing. I think Kyler Murray is an MVP Mm. candidate. But the rest of that team, I think they're just walking on a very narrow rope here. And one step to the left, one step to the right, and it's like a house of cards It's all going to fall apart. They have no running game whatsoever. That defense can go from having five sacks against an injured Taylor Lewan to not pressuring the ball at all against Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was killing them when it came to throwing the ball. Dalvin Cook was gashing them 10 yards a pop, and this is a team that could not move the ball at all the week before. I'm a little bit worried unless, unless – Kyler Murray can pull a rabbit out of his ass every single game. I don't think Arizona can keep up this. And you don't think he this.
1: can? I mean, he, he if there's anybody in this league who can That's do it, thing. I feel like it's Kyler. You know, he's a guy that can will his team but we saw to a victory. And I don't think squares. you can necessarily say – that about any of these other quarterbacks that we are talking about right now. But, he is an X-factor that gives seen, his team that we've advantage. We've seen
2: Derek Carr go down two weeks in a row and then get right back up and keep playing. Teddy Bridgewater, this big time, guy. Sam Darnold, big guy. Kyler Murray is not. He has not been hit yet. And we saw Derek last year Carr
1: perpetually after, 16
2: injured. Games, after 16 games of constantly putting his body on the line there, eventually he gets a little bit slower, a little bit uh, the, the, the stutter step isn't there and that offense degrades. That's what i'm saying i don't think arizona can keep this up for a 17 game slate that's why i am killing them let's move on to some things i'm going to be talking about the nfc west too we've recapped the games a little bit it's time to uh it's time to cure what ails you it is time to go to the old doctor everybody's new favorite segment dr dangles coming up next
3: c to the g west coast gamblers
1: Thank you so much for coming back to another session. I was a little worried after last week, and things got a little real and emotional and raw at times. I know um, there were some feelings felt and and some things shared and some thoughts aired, and, and I'm glad that you both decided to come back, uh, Tony Squares and Schaefer the Sharp, for uh, another session with me, Dr. Dangles. Now... Uh, I, I want uh, to <laughs> begin this week with... No, no matter, uh, no. uh, I want to begin this week with... Uh, Therapy is no laughing matter, by the way. And I want to begin this week with you, for the Sharp. We started with Tony Squares last week. Um, and I, I'm <clears> curious because now we've moved on to something new. You know, yeah. Whatever whatever you were dealing with last week, I hope you've worked your way through, but it, it, it seems you've got something new that, that you'd like to talk about.
0: Yeah, Doctor. Well, first of all, I appreciate you... Um, let me go first because sometimes I don't feel like I'm heard, which I know is rare because I have a lot to say, but um, I, I have this thing, Doctor, where on my NFL betting card on Sundays I just, I have to bet purple and it's not even for or against. I just see purple on the card and I have to bet him. Um, I'm talking, of course, about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I take him in week one and they look like Whoopi Goldberg and I, I, I bet against him in week two and they sound like Prince and I guess I'm just I guess I'm confused why I have this impulsive impulsive like reaction to the color purple or I have to bet them. you know I don't know if it's I'm because I, I, if I'm in the Midwest now and you know Minnesota is kind of close to me in like geographic location but honestly doctor when I bet on the Vikings or for for the Vikings or against the Vikings it just seems like a Viking horn's like going right in my butt
1: now, now, Drew, what what would you say to that bet if you made it this week and it, it we're sitting here with us in in this room right now? What would you what would you tell that bet?
0: I would say it's one thing to cover bet uh, minus three and a half, but it's another thing to lose. Like if you 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 can't even win the game outright, you have to lose, but not cover. And it's just I'm just sick of it. Like good teams. Good teams win, great teams cover, and this team's not great. And all I wanna, I, hindsight's 2020, doctor, and I like to live life in the windshield, not the rear view mirror, but well, I can't keep me, away from the color purple. I can't keep away from
1: let it. Well, let me, let me prescribe something that okay. might help you keep away Please. from the color purple, and that is look at their schedule, you idiot oh my god the rest of this season is it is unbearable for them they have to okay they have the Seahawks coming up next week the Browns after that they get the Lions but later on in the docket Panthers Cowboys Ravens Chargers Packers Niners Steelers Bears do you want to play any of those teams no I don't The Minnesota Vikings with no uh, offensive line do you want to play any of those teams with Kirk freaking cousins or a terrible defense and Mike Zimmer who seems to have given up on his team I don't think you want to look at any of those so I'm sorry i'm getting a little i'm getting a little emotional but i think you should read their schedule a good a good prescription a good prescription of take a look at their schedule will prevent you from making bets on the minnesota vikings and anything purple going forward although i don't necessarily want it to drive you away from the baltimore ravens because we could have a bleed over effect here i just want you to make sure you compartmentalize that purple uh, that you see on your on your betting card
0: tough love's what i need doctor thank you for that and never trust a coach N- n- never, never trust a coach. That face looks like he's been stung by a thousand bees.
1: <laughs> now, now, Tony Squares, um, I, 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 I understand you've also got something you'd like to talk about this week.
2: uh I don't know if I want to talk about it anymore. Frankly, after that outburst, I'd like to talk outburst. about it. Like uh, I'm a little nervous it. here. I thought this was a safe space. You kind of came at the throat of my partner here, did. Shape I of the Shark. I no, it, it, hey,
0: he, I need to hear it, Tony, and you need to hear this too. Tell him, please. We've been working on this together. Tell him.
2: <laughs> well, I feel like again I'm coming here with a personal issue, um, and it's a little tough for me to open up about it. Uh, but I was fooling around this weekend i wasn't exactly being safe Uh, you know i'm a young guy i like to have fun um and i got a case of the hook uh I, i i took the rams minus three and a half and uh they ended up winning by three um and it really you know it's getting me good right now um I'm watching it away the best I can, you know, keeping everything clean and all that stuff. And I promise to be more careful in the future. But uh, you know, Schaefer wanted me to come forward and tell you what yeah. happened. And this, isn't anymore, to this isn't college anymore, Tony. This isn't
0: college anymore. We can't fool around like this anymore. This isn't college. Do you think okay? this is a problem that could
1: be solved potentially by betting earlier on these games, where you maybe don't you know, have to work with a hook and you're dealing with a full number instead? Those hooks all come in later I... on in the week.
2: I can come into these situations more prepared. There are you know, there's things that stop this ninety nine percent of the time and I could do it earlier in the week, but you know, I just having fun, having a few beers and just decide to take the hook well, anyway. Well, I think you that's know? all
1: the time we've got for today, unfortunately, gentlemen. Our time is uh our time is up here. I know you were it sounded like you were close to a breakthrough there, Tony Squares, and and I hope that we can get to continue to f- Flesh out this issue next time uh, that we visit each other, and I hope you'll come back next week. I'm sorry things got a little, a little raw and a little emotional again uh, this week, but but will you will you please join me again next week for one one more session, maybe humor me once more?
2: Well, if we have even time next time, Doctor.
1: <laughs> my time is very my time is very valuable. Some weeks you're going to get more time, some weeks you're going to get less time. I can't promise anything. Tomorrow still cost the same. This this is true, but good therapy good therapy. I love this session, Doctor. And, and and, and and cost money. And we'll be back in just a minute. West, west,
3: west, west, west Coast gamblers Hey there and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minterdial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969.
2: Okay, joining us today, because if you watch this game on Sunday, there was a lot of questionable calls thrown on both sides by the referees against two high-powered teams that the first quarter was a firefight, and then the rest of the game it was a lot of what's going on. And yet on uh, the back end of the stick, where our Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, did not get the win. So we had to bring in a guest right now to help us explain what happened and help us explain what this means for the Chargers going forward. This man had boots on the ground on Sunday, was actually at SoFi Stadium to watch the Chargers Cowboys. He was on our show for the divisional preview, breaking down the AFC West back in the bank with our Mary Fuck Kill. And he is here today to help us explain what the hell happened to the Chargers. Welcome back to the show. The Sports Illustrated Chargers reporter, the Fan Nation favorite, our favorite, Mr. Fernando Ramirez. Welcome back, sir.
4: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me back on. That means I must have done something right last time, and and that's why you guys (laughs) decided to have me back on. So there you go. That's a little pat on the back for me right there that's right
1: that's right big pat on the back for you Fernando (laughs) you were definitely definitely a fan favorite of uh of everybody after our last interview we appreciate you guys coming are you coming back and and talking with us a little bit about a a Chargers team and a game that kind of came up a little bit, just a little bit short yesterday. And Tony, you, you brought up the the questionable calls. Man, I was just re-watching this game uh, before we hopped on yeah. here with you, Fernando. And just on that first drive, you know, we talked. I talked a lot last week about how unforced errors cost the Patriots their game against the Miami Dolphins. And here on this first drive, I mean, we can question the call and whether it was a good one or not, but a pass interference call on a fourth and one from Keezer White, who couldn't really tell if he accidentally ran into Amari Cooper's route or if that was intentional. But like, just a bad bad kind of way to start the game off there where you have a chance to stop a team, get the ball back, and maybe go down on them and score, and instead, they're able to turn that penalty into a touchdown.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, it was just, uh, it, it just felt like the charge needed kind of like the same way with Washington last week. The charge defense kind of try to get into momentum, try to kind of gain a little bit, try and get better. And 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 it took them a little bit to get adjusted to the way Dallas was, uh, was running the football. And they ran it so effectively, almost about 200 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. It didn't matter if it was Zeke or Tony Pollard. They were both running the ball efficiently. Uh, it seemed like the, the team struggled. They were missing Justin Jones, uh, who was out with a, a calf injury. And you have Jerry Tillery who's getting blown up into the second unit with the linebackers. Uh, I mean, Linval Joseph is Linval Joseph, but the thing is, he's the guy that is supposed to swallow up two blockers and somebody else is supposed to come up free and nobody was getting free yesterday. And it it just, it was a bad... Uh, it was a bad game all around for the Chargers defense, but at one point I felt like they kind of did get set. They were fine. They didn't, they were bend, don't break. They didn't allow any touchdowns in the second half. It yeah. was just, uh, it's it just bad luck by, by the Chargers. I mean, they were able to get that interception off a of Dak. Um, but other than that, I mean, it just seemed like there was a lot of confusion. So yeah, the Chargers defense struggled at times, mm-hmm. but they honestly, I mean, to allow a high, high-scoring offense like that only scored 20 points. That's a that's a, a a good day's work for them. But at the same time, they should have limited the the running ability a little bit more if they could have. Maybe Dak wouldn't have gotten so many yards, and maybe they couldn't have thrown as much against them. But yeah, no, the defense did, did struggle. There were a lot of questionable calls. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I I know you guys are going to point at that Jared Cook touchdown. Um, we actually talked to Tony Carrente after, after the game. And he basically said, um, that the thing, the thing that happened was that Jared cook was coming into motion and Mike Williams moved at the same simultaneously. Mm. Well, you can't have him and KJ Hill were not set. So when you have a player come into motion the two guys already have to be set. But the thing is, it happened earlier in the game with the Cowboys and they didn't call it on the Cowboys. No,
2: they rarely call it when they, yeah. the Mike Williams was moving because he's doing the thing where yeah. he's, am I on the line or am yeah, I yeah, behind and, the and, line, and sir? And he,
4: even, he right. even pointed at the referee and he goes like that and he moves back. Yeah. But, but it's thing, rarely it, called. Yeah, it's rarely. But Tony Corrente's uh, group does call it a lot. It's just, uh, it, it's a typical Chargers game. It's, it was a typical Chargers game. And that's kind of that's kind of why Brandon Saley was brought in to eliminate all the dumb right. The dumb ways you can lose a game and and it but it's like he said or it's like you notice they're still learning he's still learning he's learning how to be a head coach so if the i mean obviously if this continues then okay raise your eyebrow but i think one game i'm kind of like okay let's see what happens next what the next move is uh before you really can get on them about uh about same old Chargers or, or whatever because well, he is a new head coach. When it comes
2: to next, the next game is a big one. That's why we yeah. brought you in because we wanted to sort of dedicate this segment to the Chargers and Chiefs coming up. The Chiefs are now coming off of a loss that the game that they probably should have had in Baltimore, the Chargers probably should have had this game against Dallas. Now it's a divisional matchup between these two guys who are both looking for answers and neither one wants to start the season one and two. Especially in a division where the Raiders are already 2-0, and the Broncos <laughs> are already 2-0. and Like. You you got to get wins where you can a here. Weird division and this year. Yeah. The the two biggest question marks I had from this game. You're not going to have the same referees each week obviously, but when it comes to the lines on both the offensive and the defensive side, we haven't talked about the O-line yet, but the D-line like you said was getting pushed all around by this Dallas front, and it was the right side of the Dallas front too. Joey Bosa is getting blocked on run plays Imagine by Dalton and Zach Sharks. Martin
1: back. What a difference yeah. he made coming back. You saw that week to week Zeke does nothing, week one and granted you got two different kinds of D- defenses, but I don't know about you guys, I certainly saw the impact of Zach Martin being back on that offensive line, and just the push they were able to, you mentioned on the right side, he's their right guard, that's directly attributable to him.
2: I'm just wondering, uh, is it a, I know Brandon Staley runs the same scheme he ran when he was in Los Angeles with the Rams, and obviously that front four is a lot different than the front four he has with the Chargers, and that scheme might not fit what the Chargers have currently because those D tackles and D ends are getting pushed off the line. Are you a little bit worried that guys like Bosa and other play on the need to sort of step up or are they going to be able to get run on by this Chiefs offense next week or do you think this was one time Dallas got the best of them and this def- defense is fine to play the run f- in the future
4: I think it's too early to kind of know if it is yeah. be- just because it worked last week against uh, against the against Washington, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler Haneke had 11 for 12, but he was disrupted in a lot of those pass. plays. a lot of those pass plays was him bsing, moving out of the way, and then able to find a guy, and, and he was able to make the throw. But like last week, you at times you weren't really concerned about the defense; you were concerned about the offense kind of getting jump started, and you're like, why aren't you guys scoring more points? I, right now, I'm a little bit. Uh, if if I was Brandon Saley, I'd be a little bit more nervous about why is my team only scored 37 points in two games what is going on like why are we not scoring the football if i was brandon saley that's what would have me a little bit nervous just because you're looking around you're like okay dude like against kansas city this weekend you're not gonna win 27 or 20 to 17 you're gonna have to go up there and score points and i mean i know everybody says oh kansas city's defense is worse but man honey badger had two picks yesterday The defense is still, uh, I mean, they're not what they used to be, but they're still going to be good. Um, the Chargers really are going to need to be disciplined, very disciplined this weekend, uh, especially because you can't turn the ball over against Kansas City. Uh, it's funny. I think the Chargers have only punted twice in two games, yet mm. all you're getting out of this is 37 points. So mm. it's like you're settling for field goals, which, I mean, I guess Tristan Vizcayano needs the needs the reps and everything. But, man, the, you, you need to put up points. Justin Herbert right now, I think he's thrown for – over 700 yards, but he's thrown two touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah, and it's kind of like, Oh, what, what, what's going on? And the thing is, I mean, the, the charger moving the ball up and down the field, they really are It's just once again, the red zone, it's like their playbook just completely cuts in half. And you're kind of like, okay, dude, like why aren't you guys scoring the football? And so, I mean, Brandon tried to put it as easy as, Oh, it's just about running, maybe running the football a little bit more in the red zone. I'm kind of like, yeah, but, But I mean, that's why you have your core. Yeah. And that's why you have your quarterback. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to be able to run the football in the red zone. It's more about your quarterback and, and kind of trying to be a little bit more um, decisive with with your routes. I mean, they had good play calls last week. I remember the one to Keenan Allen on that first uh, on that first drive. He, he goes back as a running back, and he does a, a halfback angle, and I was like, oh, my God, that was a great play. What what does that do? It sets him up at the three-yard line. Boom, you run it in with Austin Eckler. Okay, that way, yes, it could work. You can get pushed, especially if you're running by, behind Rashawn Slater. But, man, you have to get down to those areas, and once you get to the 20, it's like – Literally, like, you're freezing at certain points. So the Chargers need to do a lot better, especially because, like you said, Kansas City next weekend, they're going to be pissed off. The fans are going to be pissed off.
2: Before we let you go, I want to pinpoint one other thing that needs to get addressed. I know Bulaga's coming back eventually, but he's injured for right now. And I read your article on this, breaking down the position groups and how they played against Dallas, and you rated the offensive line an S for Storm Norton. And I'm uh, a little bit worried that that right tackle (laughs) might be a problem. In this Kansas City game Because they they got some pressure on Lamar Lamar Jackson obviously yeah. is is one of the most Athletic people in the world He got out of the pressure on Sunday night Herbert's not going to have that same chances Do you think Herbert might need a little bit more time In that pocket or do you think this offensive line Just needs a few more weeks to gel
4: So um, it's funny you guys are going to be like Well what, what does he know But uh, my brother is a former offensive lineman He I mean he played in high school So I asked him what is Storm doing bad He's like the thing is Is that yesterday you guys watched Micah Parsons took him apart but the thing is is that what he was waiting for was he was overstepping, waiting for Micah to, to try and beat him with a speed around. Well, Micah noticed that, or his coaches noticed that, and they said, bro, come back inside. So he would he would mm-hmm. come out like he, if he was going to rush outside, and he'd jump back inside. Well, when you're already set like an offensive lineman back, you there's no way you're going to be able to get, especially with his speed. There's so nobody, he was telegraphing his protection, exactly, essentially. Exactly, and that's the thing with Storm Norton is that... <sighs> How is it he... I don't well, know how to put it's, this.
2: It's Chris Jones on the DN now. And you so going it, exactly. from rookie Micah Parsons exactly. with speed to Chris Jones, who's an absolute beast. But I'll tell so you one like thing. You got to figure it I'll out. I'll
4: tell you one thing. It might be a little bit easier, not easier. But the thing is, Mike is so quick and so speed. Like, that's yeah. what he struggles against. When he played yeah. against uh, Monta Sweat and some of these guys against, some bigger guys against Washington, he didn't do as bad. Just because in those, like, you can win some, you can lose some. Here, man, yeah. you're losing. Because you're doing the same experience exact thing uh, and madness is doing the same thing over and over again well that's what he was doing and yeah. uh and honestly and the thing is that um we've we've asked and i and today was asked would you guys consider moving matt filer kicking my filer eye to right tackle and then bringing in Braden hymas who's a rookie from nebraska he's a blue collar guy that you know is uh he'll he'll play hard and putting him at left guard and Brandon Staley said, "If it, if it ends up getting that bad, then we're not." He didn't say it like that. He said, "If we're exploring everything, if we do need to make a change down the line, that won't." We'll but it make
1: sounds it. to me like that answer, and sort of what you were getting at yeah. in that answer from Staley, is that he he was sort of implying we would prefer to not be in that situation where we have to move, where we have to move this guard. It sounds like that's based on what you said. Exactly. And and like
4: Tony said, Brian Belag is supposed to come back and it's like, Mm. yeah, but that he's a, yeah, Mm. but yeah, Yeah. but how long is he going to last?
2: Brian Bulaga traditionally missing uh, games in the regular season. A Green Bay fan like myself yeah. would know that. Before we let you go, we yeah, had a yeah. segment earlier in the show where the three of us did a little MFK of the surprise 2-0 and teams, two of which are in your division, Denver and the Raiders. Out of those two teams, which one are you more scared of to sort of take the spot that the Chargers should get getting into those playoffs? Are you more scared of Denver? Are you more scared of the Raiders?
4: I think, I think Denver. Denver's defense is uh is something else i mean i i saw patrick i think patrick Sertan had an interception yesterday he did it was a pretty nice one too i mean asante samuel real quick asante samuel jr for the chargers should be getting a little bit more like love in a sense he played really well yesterday but i think that i think everybody should be a little bit nervous about denver i mean teddy bridgewater has now all these weapons that i don't think he's ever had and he's literally passing it around he's literally playing hot potato like who wants it like he's serving it up like the ice cream man what do you want oh you want it boom got you hey you over there what do you want Noah offense got you melvin gordon you want to run the football yeah man i got you boom i mean melvin gordon didn't run the ball that all that well yesterday my brother let me know about it because of his fantasy football team but i just think <laughs> at one point denver is gonna pull or Oak or las vegas is gonna pull like the raiders are gonna be the raiders and they're gonna do yeah. something to where stupid it, yeah it, it just all
2: unravels well it's gonna be an interesting few weeks and an interesting few months for this AFC West. Four teams that are seemingly contenders at the start of this season. Again, Chargers and Chiefs, week three. Probably the marquee matchup of week three. I can't wait to see it. Who would have thought that they were...
4: They was the bottom-seller game of the week... Bottom I seller, because right? if both, <laughs> both of them were at the <laughs> bottom of the AFC West, who would have thought? It's
2: going to be a blast, man. And again, yeah. the loser of this one and two is in a hole. Like It's it a is. pivotal matchup this early Especially in the season. Especially because if
4: it is the Chargers, they have the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Who the, do you guys know who the Raiders play this uh, weekend? They play the Dolphins. And there might not oh, be a yeah. Tua. So if you cut, yeah. if the Raiders yeah. come in to SoFi at three and zero, and you're one and two losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. That and game's in
1: Vegas too. No, so no, the no it's in to travel. Oh across. yeah
4: cross country the Raiders game I'm sorry is in Vegas so they
1: have to travel cross country for that one another good opportunity for Las Vegas to win in front of their home fans if Tua was
4: even if Tua was playing I don't know if I'd give him much of a (laughs) I don't poor Tua
2: man poor Tua (laughs) man but (laughs) Fernando (laughs) we thank you for coming on the show talking a little Charger game with us we will definitely have you on in the future thank you for being here and as always to the listeners thank you for listening coming up next guys your favorite game it's time for gravestones
3: c to the g west coast gamblers
2: hi listeners we wanted to take
1: a moment to tell you about another podcast from evergreen podcasts and sound talent media called pit lane parlay pit lane parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports related news each episode we discuss things like our favorite drivers news clips from the last week and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit and Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.
2: Well, thank you again, Fernando, for coming on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you, but we're about to talk about some teams that aren't the Chiefs, that aren't the Chargers, but instead are some of the teams that just aren't going to make it this year into the NFL playoffs in the year of 2021. Yes, that's right. It's time for everybody's favorite game, the game of Gravestones. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Gravestones is the part of the show where each of the hosts select one team to say they are not going to make the 2021 playoffs and they are going into The ground. It is time to read a eulogy off for three teams in the NFL. Last week we did this already, so each of us have killed a team. I killed the Giants. Schaefer the Sharp turned into a beat poet to kill the Jaguars. And Dangles, who did you kill last week? It was the Lions. Ah, yes, the Detroit Lions. So this week uh, we go in the same order as the winner of King of the Coast. Drew's going to be leading, I'm going to be going last. And that matters because if a team is killed by a host that goes before you, you cannot kill that team that week. So I'm kind of in a pickle here if they start taking teams that I want to knock off. Good news is there's still plenty of crappy teams out there. But without any further ado, it is time to open up the doors to the chapel, step into the holy place, and it is time for gravestones.
0: to that lead off after week two. Despite my excellent slam poetry last week, mm. I'm going to go with a little more traditional eulogy in form of a popular chant originating in the Meadowlands. J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Zach Wilson has the Y-I-P-S yes yips, yips, yips Coming out of college He was crowned The Mormon Manziel Well, Mormons are supposed to abstain from caffeine, chocolate And premarital sex And I firmly believe on Saturday night Zach Wilson was drinking a Mountain Dew Eating a Hershey's bar in a brothel he threw as many picks as Coach Sala's has kids. And Robert Salah Barr needs a drink, many drinks. The Jets are deceased. May the rest in peace for the 2021 season.
1: Well, this week on Gravestones... I need not to write a eulogy. I need not a chant. I need not slam poetry, because fortunately for me, the head coach of the team that I will be killing this week wrote his own eulogy in a tweet sent from the team account earlier today. Hang in there with us. We're going to get better. The one thing about Jacksonville and the 904 go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder to get this thing flipped Mm.
2: Mm.
1: those are the words of a defeated man a defeated team and indeed if there is one thing that the city of jacksonville and jaguar fans know best it is working hard to flip a shitty season yes it's not happening this year it doesn't seem trevor lawrence does not take care of the football very well the defense isn't good. They can't move the ball down the field. The Jaguars are not making the playoffs this year, and it pains me to say it, but it is true.
2: Oh, today is a sad day. Mm. For it is a day that we say goodbye to a man that is beloved by the community, mm-hmm. adored by the fans, and really a favorite of the three hosts of this podcast. So, if you would join me now in taking your grande black coffee with two shots of espresso in it and pouring a little bit out into the ground for the rest of us, it is time to say, time to say goodbye to the man Drew calls Campbell and the man we know as Campbell. For the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, Jamal Williams, my boy, on your rebound. D.J. Swift and that defense of just nobodies—you're not making the playoffs this year. You gave it a hell of a first half on Monday night in Week Two, but by Week Three, that steam's going to run a little bit out, a little bit low, and those pump-up speeches aren't going to hit home like they used to. Sorry, Detroit—it is on to another rebuilding year, and it is time to go to sleep. R.I.P. Hmm. And that is the end of Gravestones.
3: West
2: west Coast Gamblers. And that is it for the week three recap show. It's the Tuesday show. There's a lot going on in the world of the West Coast Gamblers. I'm getting confused on the days. Oh, oh, oh. Look at that. Zach Wilson just threw another interception oh, in the New England defense. You know, I
1: wanted to, I, we didn't have time in gravestones. I wanted to mention this. I meant to earlier. I saw this great stat from the uh, ESPN's Jets reporter, Rich Simony, earlier today. He, Zach Wilson's the fourth rookie top five pick with zero pass touchdowns and four or more picks in a game in the last 20 seasons. The last three quarterbacks to do it were all Jets. Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez were the other two. Alex Smith did it in 2005. If that doesn't say something wow. about the Jets quarterbacks and who they draft, I just don't know what does. But I loved that. I thought that was that was the awesome mo- and sad.
0: The Mormon Manziel, what could go wrong? Who gave what him that nickname, by the way? That's the worst, that's the worst draft nickname ever.
2: The Mormon Manziel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. He ain't going to be around for a while. But uh, that's it. For our show today, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, from Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. My name is Tony Cavallo, aka Tony Squares. Again, this is the show that went 15 and 6 in week two. Tell your friend, tell your mom, tell your dad. Listen to us coming Thursday because we are hitting our best. Certified in to make your you mom money. money.
0: Making <laughs> yes. mom's
2: money. Making we moms are money. the West Coast Gamblers. And as always, thank you for listening.
3: Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers.
4: Hey there, my name is Michael Amanato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. Pit F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.